Hey man, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? This is R.C. Blakes and welcome back. Welcome back. Or should I say welcome home? Welcome home because we're family, right? I'm so excited to be able to share with you. You know, I've uh, this is actually pre-recorded and I'm premiering it um, so that we can kind of interact in the uh, in the comments and what have you. And I'm actually recording this at like two o'clock in the morning. It's just like something that came over me and I was supposed to be sleeping, but uh, I felt it necessary to get up and to actually film this. So if I if I look tired, it's because I am. I just got dressed for this. I put my hat on and everything just for this. This is this is my swag when you get to be an older guy. You, you find your swag and your hats and what have you. But I want to talk for just a few minutes um, about, you know, subject matter again that comes from one of my emails that I got from one of the dear hearts that um, that watches me uh, quite frequently. And um, she wasn't the only one. I've had this question many times. And the question is, you know, what do I do if I've married the wrong man or if I'm um, seriously committed to the wrong man? And I have, you know, I have my word out here. Um, there's the public profile. Um, you know, if I'm married I, and I'm Christian, I have all of the um, the spiritual and, and biblical law. Um, ramifications. What do I do with that? Well, um, first of all, you know, this is a very real, a very real situation where people, male and female, find themselves, you know, marrying, you know, the wrong person or possibly the wrong person. And sometimes it's not necessarily the wrong person as much as it is, uh, I think in most cases, really, it's not so much the wrong person as much as it is. You have two people who never really understood the concept of, of relationship and marriage. And by that, I mean the whole concept of marriage and relationship is to supply each other, you know, to become servants one to, to another. In this alpha male, alpha, fe alpha female era, uh, where it's really not understood from a biblical perspective, we have people that are, you know, taking, conquering their, <laughs> conquering their mates rather than living in dominion with them. Um, and so a lot of times it's, it boils down to just a, a, you know, a fundamental misunderstanding of the whole concept of marriage and relationship that you're not there to take, but you're there to give. And if, if both are giving everything that they have, uh, everything that is necessary, necessary to the other, then there's, you know, there's no lack. So then we have what? No problem. But that's in an ideal world. You know, we live in a world where um, even in the context of marriage and relationships, people are selfish and, and people are self-centered. Um, a lot of these relationships can be salvaged. You know, a lot of times you're, um, you know, you're, you're unimpressed. Maybe you're irritated 
disgusted for a moment about things that um, may really be reconcilable. Then you have situations that, in my opinion, are just not reconcilable. Somebody puts their hands on you. Uh, I'm not the one to tell you that you should or should not go back to a situation like that. But as far as I'm concerned, in a personal um, from a personal standpoint, that's a that's a deal breaker. You know what I mean? You can recover from cheating. People make mistakes, but um, a serial cheater, you know, that continues to do this over and over and over again. Uh, that's a deal breaker because not only are you tampering with, um, you know, my self-esteem, my public profile, my self-worth, my children's understanding of what marriage is really supposed to be. You're also playing with my health. You know, cheating today is not this is not the cheating of your grandparents or your great grandparents where they went out and they did their little thing. And, you know, at worst, somebody had to go get a shot. Well, this today can kill you. And so these are very real situations. That's my point. These are very, very real situations. Um, And there are a few reasons that I find women run into these issues, you know, where you, you throw your hands up and you say, well, I married the wrong man. RC, I need you to help me. I married the wrong man and you want me. I know what you want. You want me to give you a get out of jail free card. I can't do that necessarily. You know, I can't do that. You have to ultimately make your own choices and you have to be able to live with those choices and you have to know that those choices were valid or not. You have to do that. All I can do is just share some of my thoughts with you. And a few reasons I find women running into these situations is, uh, number one, there was no knowledge um, of the man's temperament. You know, you just kind of got, you got kind of got carried away with the sex appeal. You got carried away with, um, you know, the, 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 the chemistry or what have you. And you just let that thing carry you. And it carried you so far that it carried you deep into a relationship. And you really had no inkling about this man's temperament. You know, before a woman advances too far with a man, you should check out a little more than his biceps, how big his feet are, how big his hands are. If you catch my drift. You should check out his temperament, especially when he's angry, because whatever you see modeled in the streets, that's coming home with you behind closed doors where where there are no cameras, there are no police, there's nobody to help. And if you see a man that uh, goes wild in the streets That's probably not a man you necessarily want to bring home with you because there's the tendency within, you know, uh, relationships where people domicile together to get angry with one one another. And so you you never checked out his temperament. And so now you're getting a chance to see this and you realize that you you may be living with a dangerous man. You, you, You never you never you never checked out his temperament. You never verified, watch this, check this out. You, you also never verified his alpha status. 
And, and now the energy in the relationship is too feminine for your taste. We're flipping the coin. Not only might, you know, you don't, you didn't know his temperament before you went too far. Not only might he not be, might, might he be too violent or too volatile, at least combustible. But now you're discovering that he's a little, he's a little too feminine. You know, he's not a homosexual. That's not what I'm saying. But he's, he's feminine. He, he whines, you know, um, he fussing with you like, 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 like a girlfriend all day long. Um, feminine energy. And so when a man is feminine, turns you off. He chitter chatters too much, just talking all day. Man, ain't supposed to be running, running his mouth like that. Like, like two women, you know, you, you can't get a word in edgewise from him. He just running his mouth. But see, you didn't check all of this out. And so now you're, you're, you, you plan this big wedding, you're married, you got not as this, these little things, it's the little foxes, the Bible says, that spoils the vine. Um, you're finding out that his character is hurting the family. You never, you, you, you believe the advertisement. You see the guy, I like the way people say it. The guy that you're dating and, and even the guy that you, to a large extent, that you walk the aisle with is the real guy's representative. You meet the real guy after the wedding. And it's after that you discover that he has character that hurts the family. He, he's a cheater. You know, he's a gambler. He, he doesn't keep a job, you see. So a lack of knowledge of a man's temperament brings a woman into um, scenarios where she's um, having to throw her hands up and say, hey, help, I married the wrong man. Um, now, how do we deal with this when we find ourselves in a situation where we feel like we're with the wrong person because this stuff applies both ways, male and female. The kings can apply it as well as the queens. How do we, how do we, how do we begin to deal with this? Okay, here's some of my late night half sleep thoughts. <laughs> Number one, when you discover that there are some issues in your marriage, you know, that are not life threatening. If you're, ha if you're having life threatening issues in your marriage, you, you, you need to put space between you and that person. That's just, that's just great advice right there. If it's a life-threatening situation, you, you need to cut this video off and you need to put space between you and you and that individual. But if you just got normal people's problems, you know, somebody lied, somebody has um, an irritating idiosyncrasy, somebody uh, cheated, you know, and we got to work our way through this. OK, let's 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 take it from that perspective. Number one. There must be clear articulation of your unhappiness about whatever the situation is and why you're unhappy. There must be clear articulation about your unhappiness and why you're unhappy. See, you don't want to fall into this um, female slave conditioning where you buy into this thing, you, you know, you. You, 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 you may never get another man. And so you're trying to hold on to a man that's hurting you rather than confront. Mm -mm. Queens, queens wisely confront. Queens do not hold on to poison and queens do not 
entertain insecurities. So the first step is you got, you got to have clear articulation about your unhappiness and why you're unhappy specifically. Now, let me give you some wisdom here. This must be done at a non-emotional moment. You don't, you don't try to have this. You don't make these statements when everything's in a rage. This has to be at a non-emotional moment after affirming your love and respect for this man, you have to let him know you're unhappy, why you're unhappy, no emotional outbursts. And if a man cannot connect at this level, you may not have a basis for reconciliation. If you're coming to a man and you're saying, um, this hurt me and, um, this is why I'm hurt about it. And if he can't deal with that, if he can't handle that truth, um, it may be signs of the end because if you start out right here, communicating your pain and your hurt about something that he did, or you at least perceived he did, and he has no he has no conversation for you regarding this. It may be a sign that you just, you, you literally, you know, you're unequally yoked. The Bible says in Matthew five thirty seven, but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. And the overall point of this, this uh, text is, let your communication be clear, concise, and honest. Just speak the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And when you're dealing with this situation, speak the whole truth and nothing but the truth and expect the same from your spouse or significant other. So this is the time that you challenge him to tell you the whole truth of the situation and um, if he's if he's man enough to admit his wrong, whatever that wrong may be, if he's man enough to admit that wrong and you can sense, you know, a spirit of um, remorse on him, um, repentance, you have to not only challenge him to tell the truth, but then you have to be prepared to start the process of forgiving him. You have to be prepared to start the process of forgiving him, you know. Now, if he's if he's gone out and, and he's he's cheated on you and you feel like this is just his character, he's not going to change. Well, you have every right then to make, you know, whatever moves you need to make or vice versa. She's gone out and she's done the same. You have every right to make any move you want to make. But if even after that, if you sense that this is a mistake they made, you got to be big enough, you know, um, you, you got to be big enough, man, to let people make mistakes inside of a marriage and not throw the whole thing away because somebody proved to be human. Now, if they're flawed and just, you know, just a mess, well, you can't do nothing with that, but move on with your life. But in any event, you have to be prepared after they, after they honestly share their truth with you, you now have to be prepared to forgive and, and, to, and to let it go. 
you know, not holding it in your heart, in other words, not forgetting about it, but not holding it in your heart and not holding it against them. Number two, you have to allow uh, him to articulate his feelings and his needs. You've just gotten through uh, clearly articulating your unhappiness and why. So now you want to open the floor for him to articulate his feelings, his needs, because there are two people in a marriage and it's a very, very rare occasion that one person ruins a marriage or relationship. You know, um, we, we never make excuses because at the end of the day, we all make a choice to do whatever, you know, we do. But let's talk about the thing relative to to cheating. Um, well, you know, a, a brother may say, well, you know, she cheated on me. She cheated on me. And, and uh, you know, at the end of the world, she cheated on me. She's no good woman. She's a low down woman. Well, that may sound, you know, true and that that may be true but let's let's dig a little deeper um how much affection did you give her how much attention did you give her how much conversation did you have for her? you know what i mean how available emotionally were you there for her see these are the things that we do to set a woman up for failure in terms of fidelity you know women typically typically it's getting a little tricky here now today with a lot of the stuff y'all carrying on. But typically women don't cheat unless we have deprived them of something emotionally or we have hurt them just that bad that they want to get back at us. Now, when you flip that thing, you say the man, well, the brother cheated. And the wife says, well, you know, he's a cheater. He's a cheater. Um, well, let's let's dig a little deeper. When's the last time you Gave him, you know, what he need. You've been having headaches for the last six months. You should have been in the hospital. Huh? You done married the man and you don't want to get a man no, uh, no sex? Come on now. What you thought you were walking down the aisle getting married for? So now you got to allow, you, we're talking about the cheating, but now you got to allow space for him to share his feelings and his needs. Sometimes we are mutually depriving each other. One deficiency leads to another. That's usually how it works in marriage. That's how it works in significant relationships. So you can't just, you know, bombard him with, you know, bombard him with, you know, articulating you unhappy and why you unhappy. I'm unhappy because you did this, you did that. Admit it. Yeah, I did it. I did it. Now you have to be wise enough to open the floor because at the end of the day, we're not striving to just be right. We're not even striving to be right. We're striving to get, thing, get things back to right. We, we're striving for reconciliation. We're not striving for the I'm right trophy. So if, if we're really striving for reconciliation, now you have to allow him to articulate his feelings and needs. Listen to what the Bible says in Philippians two and four. Look, not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You have to shift that thing from your selfish agenda now to uh, a we agenda. And you make it a we agenda when you flip it to him and say, now, 
tell me, you know, what's going on with you. Where can I improve? What, what are you not happy about? You've heard my piece, but now what are you not happy about? Uh, this is also where you admit to your failures as he begins to articulate, you know, just like, uh, he, he shared and said, I admit I did this. I did that. I, I, you know, I quit the job and it wasn't wise and I, I did X, Y, Z. And he admitted to all of that stuff you accused him of. Well, now it's your turn. You got to go where no, no girl has gone before. You got to admit you were wrong. You got to admit you were wrong. This is how you make, this is how you make a relationship work. It's more to it than just throwing your hands and going, I, I married the wrong man. No, maybe y'all doing relationship the wrong way. All right, number three. While he's talking, and I'm talking to you ladies specifically, while he's talking and he's sharing, listen for pain and trauma in your man. Listen for pain and trauma in your man. You know, when you see a man that uh, repeated, repeatedly gets caught cheating, can't keep his behind home for nothing, won't keep his britches up for nothing. Well, when you, you, when you find a man cheating like that or you find a man that's just kind of stuck in, you know, a grown man stuck in front of a video screen for five, six, seven hours a day. Well, there's something there's something to that that's deeper than that behavior. There's some pain. There's some trauma there. And see, guys are typically we hold everything close to the breast. So many times we have to have women who kind of like psychoanalyze us like like wives can do and figure us out to begin to to help us. Um, and you have to begin to listen. When you see a man behaving poorly, listen for pain and trauma in him. You're listening to understand, watch this. You're listening for the pain and the trauma to understand him, not to fix him. You're listening to understand him, not to fix him. You see, because one of the major downfalls with a lot of sisters is, and someone, a dear heart, sent me uh, a message that contained this bit of um, principle that I'm getting ready to share with you, or this bit of information I'm getting ready to share with you, which was powerful. In this, in this um, correspondence, she sent me, she said that many times empaths, you know, which women are empaths, always wanting to fix it for your man, always wanting to fix your man, get build, build a bear, build a man or whatever. But pride many times slips into the empath's agenda without the empath being aware. And the empath becomes so prideful that the empath believes I can change him against his will. So that even when a man is fundamentally flawed and does not even want to change, maybe is not even capable of changing, there's something in you that says, but you can change him. And what this does is this cements your life. This creates a soul tie that cements your life to a man 
that will consistently take, 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 and drain, 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 and never give back, never pour back. You have, you have to listen for the pain and the trauma so that you can understand what you're dealing with. And it's always in, in people's language. I forget who, who said this, you know, whenever it becomes hysterical, we know it's historical. You know, you pay attention to when your man or even your woman just gets hysterical, you know, and they just, just get all discombobulated or just over nothing. Just whoom, they just blow up like a like a gasoline fire. Whew. Well, when it becomes hysterical, we know it's historical. It's something in that past that we got to search for and we have to locate and identify because it's that past that's creating this present dysfunction. And listen to what the Bible says in Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the love of Christ. Why is it important to bear one another's burdens and to, to search or to listen for people's pain or trauma? It's because everything rides on what cause and effect. There's always a root for every fruit and a wise woman searches for the root of the situation. So she can know exactly what she's dealing with. When you find the root, you know how to pray. When you find the root, you know what kind of counsel you need to get, you know? And, um, number four, construct, Okay, now we've we've gone through three, you know, where I'm listening now, I'm listening for for you know, I'm listening to you and I'm listening for pain and trauma in your life without you even realizing it. You can't say to the man, Well now, tell me what hurt you. Well, you're gonna shut him down. You have to you have to be wise enough to ask questions that will fish for it, and then you have to begin to put it all together. A great way to do this is to just, you know, ask your man when he's vulnerable. He's always vulnerable when he's hurt you or offended you and you're angry and he's trying to get back in your good graces. A great way to do that is with a smile on your face. Tell me about your childhood and then just let him let him and see what happens is, is they go as we go into that childhood, that that stuff that really hurts, hurt us begins to come out. And now you as a wife can begin to identify those things. Now it does a few things for you. It gives you information that you need to be able to deal with this man better. Uh, but it also gives you, gives you what you need to have a greater compassion for him and a greater patience in certain situations. So number, um, four, if we get to this point, number four, construct a joint strategy to rebuild the relationship from this point, you know, to whatever extent it's been impacted, you know, depending on what the behavior was. Sit down and if, if everybody wants this, you know, we'll be able to do this. But if, if all parties or both parties involved, if both parties don't want this, this will be nearly impossible to accomplish where you sit down and you construct a joint strategy to rebuild the relationship 
if there is a basis. Now, believe it or not, I know I know most of you all think that Lisa and I are the perfect couple and that we, you know, we just wake up every day. She wakes up with makeup on and I wake up with my hair combed and I wake up with my hat on my head and my glasses and my beard combed. No, we've had our struggles and we've had to uh, we've offended one another. We've hurt one another and we've had to work our way through certain things. And we've had to do what I'm encouraging you to do right now. We've had to construct a joint strategy to rebuild our relationship. And what, what our problem was, was that we were, we hadn't updated our marital manual. We were still trying to run our marriage probably in year 10 off of the manual we got a decade ago. And the manual needs to be updated really every 18 months or so. Because you're dealing with a brand new person, new feelings, new, new, new goals, new ideas. And so we hadn't done that. And so, you know, there was this space, that emotional space that developed between us. And it came to a head and we had to sit down and we had to we had to construct a joint strategy to get back to where we knew we were to be. And the same for you. It's not always necessary to just throw your hands up and give up because somebody's on your nerves. Nobody's on anybody's nerves more than, you know, I'm on Lisa's nerves. I'm, you know, she on my nerve. Mm. Mm. Look what the Bible says in Isaiah 1, 18 through 20. And this is God speaking. He says, come now and let us reason together. Let us talk about it. Let's talk it through. Saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword for the mouth of the Lord hath, hath spoken it. But he says what? Come, let us reason together. Let's find let's let's come to terms. Amos three and three. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Come on, let us let us agree together. Let's find a way that both of us can agree upon that leads us back to our happy place. We, we don't need to entertain some of the thoughts that we're having. You know, we don't need to throw our hands up and give up on this necessarily. We, we have something that can be saved. Yeah, you hurt me. Uh, yes, I've done some things to you. But, you know, if I move on, if you move on, the next person going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt the next person. We're going to do things. So why not if 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 the respect and the love and the security is still in the relationship? Let's let's construct a strategy to get us back on track. Let's reason together. And then number five, define the consequences for not changing, because we're not just going to sit here and do all this talking and uh, not have some real points where each of us has to change. See, because if we keep doing the same thing, we're going to keep getting the same stuff. And I'm not I'm not willing to sell myself out like that. We we both have to change. And if I don't change, this is what's going to happen. If you don't change, this is what's going to happen. Even in that text we just read, he says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, 
you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall. There are consequences. You see, you, you, you cannot have. Oh, this is good stuff right here. You really cannot have a healthy relationship without consequences. There has to be unspoken, un, unspoken consequences, at least like in, in my and Lisa's relationship. There are unspoken consequences that we've never had to utter. I thank God that we have been healthy enough that we've never had to utter. This is what will happen or that is what will happen. It's like, you know, we articulated who we who we were as individuals and what our what our standards were to the point and so well that each of us knew if you cross this line, you know, mm -mm, finito. I don't care what the people say. Finito, finito, finito. You see, everybody, you got to have, you got to have consequences. It is when, when you have a relationship where, where there are no consequences, it is an indication that one or more of you is slave conditioned. You are so married to the idea of marriage that you will tolerate anything just to have that label without that real experience. Most people that have had weddings don't know what it means to have a marriage, but they're, they're married to the idea. They're married to the profile of all of that. And they, they, they cling on to it because they're not healthy. You, you have to define the consequences for not changing. This behavior cannot go on. This behavior will not be tolerated any longer. I am not going to say to you one more time, if you do this again, I will never say that again. I've already said that too many times. So if you do this again, you already understand. You will not hear from me. I will not tell you. I will not tell you not one more time. If you do this again, I've said, if you do this again for the last time, that's a consequence. That's a consequence. Consequences have to be a part of any healthy relationship. You know, if you don't respect these boundaries, here are the consequences. All right, let's see something here. And then number 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 six, and I'm done. Um, when you get through with all of this, if you're healthy enough to go through all of this, all the way to the point where you're sitting together as a couple and you're constructing a joint strategy to rebuild a relationship <clears throat> and you're healthy enough, mature enough to define the consequences for not uh, complying with what both of you agreed upon changing and doing. When you get through with all of that, you're still going to need some professional counseling or therapy. You're going to need somebody See, because you're going to discover some things, you're going to discover some hurts and some wounds, some trauma and pain in each other. That's creating a lot of the friction. And you're going to need somebody that is professional and objective. You know, I'm a pastor, so people like to get their pastors to counsel. But sometimes you got to go deeper than that, you know, because I'm 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 too intricately involved with my members, it's like family. You know what I mean? You need somebody that doesn't know you at all. So the stuff that you might be shamed to say in front of your pastor or your mother, or your dad, 
You go talk to somebody you don't know, so it doesn't matter. They're not in your circle. And you can put it all on the table because most of these these marriages and these relationships are failing because people have stuff going on between their ears that they need reconciled. If we can get this stuff, this clutter, if we can get this emotional and psychological and spiritual clutter from between your ears, we can we can make you the healthy individual that your spouse or your significant other significant other needs. But you're going to have to consider counseling. And the Bible says in Proverbs 24 and 6, for by wise counsel, thou shalt make thy war and in multitude of counselors, there is safety. So um, I labored for this one. I hope that you got something out of it. I really do. Um, at the end of the day, you know, when we get through talking about all the, all of the things we talk about, it's about trying to do our best to keep people together. You know, you know, though I, I talk directly to the women about the queen consciousness thing and I, I expose all of the games that dudes play and we do play those games at the end of the day. My aim is to do my best to help those of you who have relationships that are salvageable to to save those relationships. Those of you that need to be marching, my aim is to give you the information that you need to make a decision that you probably should have been made. But those that we can save, too many, too many relationships and marriages are falling apart unnecessarily. Just for a lack of wisdom. Now, Father, I thank you for this time and this word that you've ordained. And God, I ask you to grant your people wisdom. Grant them wisdom to know exactly what to do and how to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, listen, you know, I'm not a counselor, so BetterHelp, the link for BetterHelp Counseling is in the description. You can hit the link and... Uh, you, you get a discount, but those of you that need counseling or, you know, you want some kind of professional therapist, I encourage you to follow the link and connect with connect with BetterHelp. Also, don't forget to register for uh, Kingology happening in October. Queenology 2.0 Part 2 is happening in December. Um, I'm excited about my Mordecai um, mentoring group. I'm so excited about that. It's a, it's, a, it's a select group of women that um, we chose from the first Queenology um, cyber conference that I'm spending 12 weeks with. We're going to meet once a week and I'm going to just personally pour into them. I think we shut the number off at I think we shut it off at 20, if I'm not mistaken. It may be around 2022. And every week I'll be pouring into them. This is my first time doing this, and I'm looking forward to the experience. Um, so, hey, I, I let, there, there's no more room, so don't worry about, you know, emailing about trying to get in. It's closed. I'll see how this goes and, and maybe I'll do it again, but it's going to be an exciting experience for all of us. Don't forget to go to Amazon, check out all of my books. I need you to go and uh, purchase some or all of my online programs. Uh, Queenology, um, there's a queen in you. Queenology 2.0, the training for reigning. That's an online program that's there now, the first half. 
um, um, transcending the father wound. Those of you who are struggling with father wounds, wisdom for women in ministry, soul ties. All of these are online programs and you have lifetime access. You can go to rcblakes.com. Look up, look under online programs and you'll find it right there. You want to you want to look for the links for Queenology or Kingology. Look under live events and you'll find the links right there. I need my brothers to register for Kingology. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And just know that I love you and I thank God for you. Thank you for hanging out with me. And uh, just know that uh, you're on top and you're going higher. God has more in store for you. And we're going to be all right. Go to my website, sign up for my email list. I need you on that email list. I need you on there. If something happened to YouTube today or tomorrow, how would I reach you? Would you want to be reached by me? Would you want to know where I'm at and what I'm doing? Well, that's the importance of signing up for my email list. You don't, we don't know if these platforms are going to. So I need you to sign up for my email list. Go to rcblakes.com. It's right on the front page. And just know, Lisa and I love you. God bless you and have a great, great night, morning with whatever part of the world you're in. God bless you. If you would like more information or for other resources, please visit us on the web at rcblakes.com.